living most of their lives without it. And I hope that this lesson that deals with hope in the New Testament means favorable, confident expectation, the happy anticipation of good. We find all of that in the Word of God. So uh, we can take today's message and uh, let's start out by looking at Galatians chapter 1, verse 27. Galatians chapter 1, verse 27, not 37, excuse me. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our very first point is that God, our God has the solutions to all of our problems. God tells us in his word in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let's look at verse 13. God said, There have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. See, the first point is that our God has the solution to all our problems. But do we want to turn to God or do we want a quick fix? Writing to the church of Corinth, God said there have no temptation. No temptation taking you, but such is common to man. In other words, what you and I may be going through today that we don't understand, uh, you're not the only one going through that. It is sort of a matter of perspective. Speaking of my friend in Pennsylvania, she texted me this and I thought it really suited today's message. Paul was happy in prison, and Eve was unhappy in paradise. Maybe happiness is more about perspective than it is about possession. There are some people that get up upset 
They find no good in anything because they have been misinformed that the Christian life is a perfect life on this earth, and it is not. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But then verse 32 said, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith faileth not. And when you, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Do you know that Satan has a desire to have every one of us this morning? He will sometimes you feel like he's right on top of you. Well, we know there's only one Satan, but there's many demons. And those demons will wire you out. They'll wire you out. Still in the book of Luke, verse 46, And said unto them, Why sleep ye? Arise and pray, Least ye enter into temptation. What is God telling us that when we get up in the day seems to be nothing but bad? We should pray. God, why is this happening? Not why that I, but to me, but why do you allow bad things to come into the life of a Christian? Because I've found that Christians pray more when there's something wrong than they do when everything is all right. But God still expects us to pray. I pray a lot harder for my granddaughter now that she's married than I did before. Why would you do that? Because Satan is going to do everything he can to break that marriage up as he has yours or mine or anybody else. So when problems come, we should get closer to the Lord. We should read his word more. We should witness more. But remember, God knows our heart. God knows our heart. And he said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that he may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now, Prayer is such part of my armor. Because you can't pray and worry at the same time. You can't complain about what you don't have if you're not thankful for what you do have. 
But we have people now that even profess to be saved. Well, you know, I have quite a bit, but I, you know, I was a hard worker. No, you receive blessings from God. It had nothing to do with you. God don't bless you because of you. He blesses you because he wants to. I'm thankful that he blesses me daily despite who I am. Despite what I am. Hope in the midst of crowds. And things go wrong. God is speaking to us. If you're here this morning saved, God is speaking to you. You need to listen because you know why? If you don't, they'll get worse. That is, if you're saved. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, God said, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. But what do we do when we do something we shouldn't do and go somewhere where we had no business being there, are we going to use the uh, cliche of the hypocrite? The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He was out of the will of God for a portion of time. So our goal is to be in his will from the time we wake up till we go to bed. And for that to happen, you've got to start your day with prayer. And yes, you've got to end your day with prayer. Amen. You say, well, I'm so tired. Then you're, you need to make some changes in your day. When you're too tired, but you do everything else, but you're too tired to pray. Second. God's abounding grace is always sufficient for our needs. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. When we look at this blessed teaching here in 2 Corinthians, notice what me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Paul said, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I want to lift up you mothers. I've seen my wife get out of bed so sick she couldn't only hold her head up to take care of our kids. You know why she did that? She loved them. 
You know why we serve God even when we're not feeling well? I'm not talking about sick. If you're sick, you don't belong here. You belong home taking care of yourself so you can be back in God's house. But isn't it amazing? We find strength to do the secular, but don't find strength to do the spiritual. And we wonder why God is not blessing us. He wants all of us. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't just want me on Sunday morning. He doesn't just want me on Wednesday night. One of my favorite sermons to preach is the spiritual adultery. Because most people have no idea that they're committing it. Anything that comes before your Savior is what? Spiritual adultery. Psalms 84 and verse 11. Psalms 84, 11. Here God says, Psalms 84 and verse 11. All right. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk. Uprightly. See, I mean, uh, God says, tells us, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. Well, why didn't God answer my prayer? It wasn't good for you. We may not have the power and love to not participate in something that's not good for us. So surely you wouldn't. Well, sure. You know. My daughter's always worried about, she said, but Dad, I'm worried that you're eating right. I said, you ought to pray that I stop eating too much. You know. As long as I'm able, this old boy ain't going to bed hungry. God has given me an appetite. God has given me the means to buy the food that I need, lack. I don't say need, lack and want. You know. Because God said, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the judgment to be punished. Yeah, God's abounding grace is always sufficient for all of our needs. So there's hope in the midst of trials. Our God is able to, to do more than we ask or think. See, that is, you know, you ask God for a, 
drink of water and he may give you a gallon. He may give you a well. But he always give us more than we deserve. He said in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. See, if you're saved this morning, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Why don't you tap into it? Is it you do bashful or too ashamed to say, Lord, it's me again? I have a sign in my study right above my desk so I see it every morning, see it every time I go in my study. It's me again, Lord. It is me again, Lord. I didn't carry out what you wanted me to do. I I didn't use what you gave me. I don't use the strength that I have. But here I am, Lord. I'm back asking for more. Can you relate to that? Jeremiah 32, 27. I really like this verse. It says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? You got a problem, Christian. Why wouldn't you take it to the Lord? Do you think he can't handle that? Ask yourself. You think God can't find you a job or pay enough so you can make ends meet? God is able to do above and beyond what we ask. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Do you realize if you're in this building today and you're lost, how much mercy God has shown you? One heartbeat from hell, and you're still alive. So when I looked at Jeremiah 32:27, I asked myself, "Do I think this is too hard for the Lord? Is he too busy?" Am I not as important as somebody else? He loved me enough to to send his son to Calvary for me. You think he's not interested in my health? Think he's not interested in my happiness?
on this same thought, is our God able to to do more than we ask or think? Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make of intercession for them. Matter of fact, I talked to a person this week that said, oh, Preacher, I, I, I guess I should appreciate you praying for me, but, you know, I'm too far gone. You know, when you're too far gone, friend, when you take your last breath, that's when you're too far gone. If you're lost, you're too far gone when you take your last breath. All the preaching, all the praying will not pray you out of hell. Today, today is the day of salvation. Today. This was, this was amazing. I was talking to my neighbor and uh, they have two boys, one of them 12, one of them 13. And I said, you know, those boys need to be in church. We don't go to church. I said, I know, but the boys are too. He said, but they don't have no way to get there. I said, you see that car I just got out of? It holds five. I was only one. I'll pick them up every time I go to church. And I'll bring them home. And he looked at me and then he dropped his head and he said, I guess I don't have any excuse, do I? No, you don't. Quit making excuses why you don't do what you know you ought to do. That's what God said. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? There's nothing too hard for him. My friend, this may be the last day that I live or you live, but I want to tell you something that I'm sure of, and you can be too. I'm sure of that when I leave this earth, I'll enter glory before the people from the doctor or hospital or anything else will come and check me out. July the 20th at 10 minutes after 2 my wife walked down the hallway and she fell into my arms and before I could lay her down she was in the presence of God what if that been you?
God's not a respecter of persons. If he was a respecter of persons, my wife would still be here. But he's not. And it's appointed unto man wants to die. Ephesians 1.19 And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward usward, who believed according to the working of his mighty power? Fourthly, our God will never be unfaithful. You know, I believe... I believe most most of you that are here and those that are not here, uh, you know, that you have a desire to be faithful. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3 and verse 31, for the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitudes of his mercies. See, what is so wrong in this country, we think that, that all bad things come from the devil and all good things come from the God, and that's only half true. God can stop any bad thing that's headed my way, but sometimes he won't. Sometimes he won't. See, hope is the anchor of the soul. As long as you got hope. You know why people are going down to the cancer center there in Newman, Georgia? I just heard some good news, and I hope it's good news, that the University of Kentucky's Cancer Hospital is now rated in the top. I'm thankful for that. But when cancer hits your body, you're never the same. The more chemo you get, the less you're the same. Why would God do that? Because God is not a respecter of persons. We as saved children of God, we enjoy the good and sometimes we're going to experience the bad. But God is always good. He's good. He's good. He's good all the time. See, Jeremiah 17, 7 said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. I went 
I went to my doctor last week, I think it was. So he sent me had all kind of x-rays on my back, well, chest, side, I mean. I thought she was, you know, man, how can you take all these x-rays? So he called me back the next day, and he said, uh, can't find anything. Your back's a little rough, but it's because of age. Don't know why your chest is hurting. It's, it's all clear. Why would God allow someone who just living to serve him. That's all I'm living for. And I'm not ashamed of that. He's the reason that I'm here. And God uses people, places, and things. You know, even with the trip to Alabama, you know, for y'all to get in your cars and drive seven, eight hours, you know, I used to do that. <laughs> yeah, used to. Now I can't do it. So, my family and some of you who like me every once in a while, you know, even if my third call is not right. They've been praying. And then Brother Steve came over and, you know, he said he'd get off and he was, he'd like to go. And, you know, he said the, uh, Marcia said they'd ride with him. I said, let me talk to them. My ride to Alabama, and he, they want to try to talk it out, you know. <laughs> I'm just joking. Ain't nobody has any more fun than a Baptist preacher. And he don't drink, he don't smoke, he don't cuss. Been washed in the blood. See, hope, hope is an anchor of the soul. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Hope. When you don't have no hope. You got hope this morning? God said, you know, in Hebrews 6, 19, 20, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, uh, which entered into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us inner, even Jesus, 
made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. See, we have hope. Everybody that's having surgery today or tomorrow or next week that has cancer or whatever they've got, they're having hope that God will allow somebody to invent a chair and, you know, they can be halfway to their self. But let me tell you my view, and then I'll stop and let y'all go home. I thank God for the cancer center there in Newman, Georgia. You, humanly speaking, they gave me 22 months that I wouldn't have had with my wife. And you say, oh, but you know, yeah, I know. I thank God for Brother Bill DeRossett. God used him to preach the gospel to me. He used uh, Brother Hunley, stuck me in a hospital bed for 40-some days so Brother Hunley could try to get through this hard head. And, and you know what I said? I told the doctor, I told the nurse, me or him has got to go. One of us has got to go. Listen to him is worse than any pain I got. But then God saved me. And Brother Hunley became like a father to me, like a brother to me. God used him. And so when I make an outline like I've made here, and I want to preach part of it, of course, tonight, finish it up if I can, my hope is anchored in Christ. That's where my hope is at. Because he's a great God. As our song leader and pianist make their way forward.